Hey, thank you for listening to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I am your host, Mark, and this show is a first for the podcast. Dylan is the first guest I've had that I saw live before having on the podcast. She opened for Mother Mother, and I was so impressed that when the opportunity arose, I reached out and scheduled this, and I'm so glad I did. Dylan is an old soul. We chatted about classic rock before we get down to the business of actually talking about her music. And even though rock was what she grew up on, she began her career as a pop act, complete with background dancers. But after a serious bout of burnout, she took some time off to go back to school. That's when one of her dance tracks started getting some traction. So she took that opportunity to pivot to the music she really wanted to make. She met up with Ryan Goldemon from Mother Mother to write some music, and they clicked immediately. She talks about horror movie influences, playing the same encore twice in one show, performing at a fan's prom, and changing her name as she changed her sound. She's a fan of classic rock, classic Star Trek, and was once in a band called Robert's Plant. So follow her at CallMeDylan, D-Y-L-Y-N, on social media. Get the new EP that's out the same day as this podcast drops. And follow us at Performance ANX on social media. Treat us to coffee at ko-fi.com slash performanceanxiety. Buy stuff with our logo at performanceanx.threadless.com. It was made by Soundgarden's artist for Bad Motorfinger. And check out the other shows on Pantheon Podcast Network. Rate and review us all. So without further ado, Dylan on Performance Anxiety. Perfect. Okay, here I go. Hey, my name is Dylan. Thank you so much. Already a fumble. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Hey, my name's Dylan. Thank you so much for having me on Performance Anxiety Podcast. Try that one more time. Hey, my name's Dylan. Thank you so much for having me on Performance Anxiety Podcast. I have a new song that just dropped. Check it out on Spotify. Thank you so much. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. I wanted to have bring my daughter on for a second. She uh Hi. She's the reason that I asked you to be on the podcast cuz she uh went to go see Mother Mother. And, Amazing. And I went with her uh to go photograph the band. And we got in and we saw the tail end of your set. And I thought it was amazing. Oh, thank you so much. That I'm so honored. I'm so glad we can make this work. It's awesome. Oh, me too. <laughs> and this is Maggie. She wanted to say hello because she loved the set. Nice to meet you. I thought it was really Did cool. you have fun at Mother Mother? I did have so much fun. I found a ring on the ground. Did you? I did. did it fit? I kept it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's awesome, though. That's such a great story. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, gosh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And uh, so and Maggie just wanted to come by and say hi. And because it's she didn't get a chance to see people on stage and then on the podcast too often. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, any questions you have? I mean, I'm pretty close with Mother Mother. If you're a fan, if you have any questions, let me know if you have a couple <laughs> You don't have to answer right now, but if you think of something, I won't put you on the spot, but let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah let the thing, I'm going to kick her out here for a second, for a little while, and then... Uh, yeah, very really nice, nice to meet you. you. Really nice to meet you. I'm so glad you had fun. This is, my so other, this is my other daughter, Josie. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> she was not at the show. I'm Dylan. <laughs> what? It's Dylan. Awesome. Oh, hi. 
she, she opened for Mother Mother when Maggie and I went to go. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So you meet the whole family. All you got to do is meet my wife and my son. I feel honored. (laughs) And and the dogs. You haven't met the dogs yet, but you might hear them occasionally on the on in the background. So it's all good. It is a podcast. Weird shit happens. Yeah. Weird stuff happens. Definitely. Well, yeah, don't worry. No pressure on the question. But if you do have, I'm open to answer. They're very close friends of mine. Like um, I live in Vancouver. Um, so I know them well. Ryan did a lot of production on my record. Yeah. So uh, let me know if you have any questions. That's really cool. All right, well, <laughs> think about it. And if you have any okay. more, come back down. Bye. Okay. See you. <laughs> All right. Headphones on now. Now, now. now it becomes professional. So I'm going to thank Amir for all this because mm-hmm. this is so weird because all right so i saw i saw the show tagged you on some of the photos and then you're like yeah okay we can do the podcast and then literally the next day amir posted something about you on facebook and i had no idea he was working with you and no way yeah i i've, I've known amir what from a small world i know i mean i mean we're not like super close but he'd been on the podcast before and uh, we chatted yeah. once in a while. So I was like, hey, are you working with Dylan? He's like, yeah. I yeah. Said, I, she just mentioned she would be interested in doing the podcast. So if, uh, if you can make that work. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Yeah. So. I, did, I did check out the podcast. And there was one guest before we get started, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I got to listen to like the rest of it. But Will, uh, what is his name? John? Will Johns. Johnson? Johns. Yeah, yeah. Will Johnson. What a wild background. Yeah. He's like legendary. I know. I mean, I can't believe it. He's related by blood or by marriage to just so many people. Like rock and roll, like A list, the best legends. Yeah. And he's, so he's part of uh, that band Music of Cream. And the, I had the drummer on the very next, like two days afterwards, Kofi Baker. Who was Ginger Baker's son? Wow! Yeah. Oh, and that one—that one you need to listen to because Ginger Baker was a wild man, and not in a fun, good way. That's what I heard. Yeah. That's what I heard. He was definitely a wild man. I mean, what a what a great band in such a short oh. like span. You know, they so did influential. Inc- yeah, they did some incredible stuff, and I always wondered, you know what it would have been like if they did more records. Yeah. What made me laugh is that Clapton left the Yardbirds because they were going, they didn't, they weren't doing straight blues anymore. They were doing more pop. Mm -hmm. And so he went to cream and didn't do blues at all. I mean, he did more, more blues, more rock, but he, he left the Yardbirds because they weren't being pure to the blues and then ended up doing something completely different anyway. Yeah, I mean the Yardbirds. What a wild band that is, too. Oh man, I I love the Yardbirds. Yeah. So this is awesome because you you just you're into this all this awesome old music, and I mean I'm in my 40s. That's old old music to me. So so yeah. To to be able to talk about it is awesome. I, that's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is is to just discuss all this amazing music that's out that's out there has been out there. Oh yeah. I've had, and I've been so fortunate and all this is going to get edited out because nobody wants to hear me spout off about this stuff, but 
But <laughs> I've had some, I've been so fortunate. Last Sunday, so it's like three days ago, I recorded with Deborah Bonham, who is John Bonham's sister. What? Yeah. That's my favorite band. Oh. I really want to meet Robert Plant, like huge fan. I've had, I've had his son-in-law and his bassist, Charlie Jones, on. That's, I'm so nerding out right now because I'm like, that's the one person. I had a band called Robert's Plant. That's how much of a super fan I am. Yeah. <laughs> Huge oh fan. Gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I, yeah, definitely check out some of the back episodes because I've had Albert Bichard from Blue Oyster Cult. He's the guy that actually did the cowbell for Blue Oyster Cult. So. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is if, awesome. I don't know if you like yes, but I had John Anderson from Yes on. Yeah, I saw while I was on tour, this was a while ago, next door, they're like, Oh, this this cool like seventies band is playing. You probably don't know them, but yes. And I'm like, uh, yes, <laughs> I know who they are. And it was like a movie moment. I'm like walking, open up the doors, they are just finishing a song and then roundabout starts playing. I'm like, oh. uh like thank you rock and roll gods wow the, the, <laughs> so the cool. light shone down yeah oh. yeah and they let me like i was in the pit too i mean it was like it was great and such a tight band oh my gosh yeah. really beautiful the, yeah the, the crazy thing about having him on first of all the acoustics were actually terrible because he was in this big studio so all i'm getting is reverb all over the place I and mean, <laughs> it's great for recording not good for podcasting so i had to try to fix Hilarious. all that in post but I asked him about somehow the, the, the Tuvan throat singing came up. They're like the Mongolian throat singers. Mm -hmm. and all. He did it yeah. on the podcast. He started throat singing. Wow. On the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, he's got that yeah, alto. I, I listen to that. I listen to them. Like, how do they channel that there? It's a completely different skill, it I believe. It is. <laughs> and it's so weird to hear some guy with such a high voice do it. <laughs> yeah very that's weird so funny wow that's amazing well i could go on and on with stories like this i, I this me is, too i love this but i guess we should probably talk about you and not my guests in the podcast because that's what people are gonna be tuning in for i suppose they've hopefully have already heard all these episodes but who knows maybe we'll, we'll turn a few people on to some old episodes We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Try doing that in person. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Performance Anxiety listeners, 
you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. That's betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. You are a first in the history of this podcast because I usually try to go see as many podcast guests in concert when they come to town. I live just a little outside of D.C. You're the first person, first musical artist I've had that I saw live first and then reached out to try to have them on. So. That is awesome. It's an honor. Thank you. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you. It was a, uh, so it's mother, mother at the nine thirty club and it was just a killer set. We didn't get to catch the whole thing. Cause we had to wait in line for everybody. We got in, we had to wait in line for everybody to get through. So we caught like the last, I, I would say probably the last third of the set, but I was so impressed with it. And you did, was it lithium? Is that the, I'm trying to remember the, the Nirvana cover you did. That, yeah, that was it. That was so good. Oh, thank you. I was very thank surprised so to hear that. That because I, mean, I didn't honestly, I didn't know what to expect because uh, we got the, the tickets and it said Dylan up and I'm like, all right, I I don't I don't know who that is and I don't have a whole lot of time to research yet, so I'm I'm just gonna I'm kind of going in blind. And it was just I was so thrilled that I, I I got a chance to see at least a little bit of this show. Thank you. So what I want to find out first is, is, I guess, how you how you got into music in the first place. When did it really start making an impact on you? Was there a lot of music going on growing up in the house? So I'd say it started at four that early. Wow. Um, went on stage when I was four years old. I think we were away, my family and I, and I just went right on stage. And I think... From that and the needing to perform, I would sing with a hairbrush very young. My dad, I I think I was brought up on mainly Beach Boys for the first five years of my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of Beach Boys, a lot of Beatles. Um, and from there in high school, you know, it was that classic. My dad showed me a lot of records that he grew up on. And like what his parents listened to. So I kind of just took, I, there was a moment at 12 years old. I'll never forget this. It is a cheesy story, but I got to go there. <laughs> he showed me early days and latter days. I think that's the way you pronounce it. Where Led Zeppelin has those astronaut. Yeah. That's on the cover. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. And he's like, you know, you really got to listen to them. I'm going to play you this song that was really big. And, uh, it's a long one, but just listen, play stairway to heaven. And at 12 years old, by the end of the song, I was crying. Oh, wow. I was like, what is this <laughs> masterpiece at 12? That's... And I didn't even know why. Led Zeppelin's what really got me into music too. I'm still chasing like that Bonham, just the way, uh, a bunch of their records were recorded that Bonham sounding drums, yeah. like the way it's mic'd and the way he plays. I'm still chasing that dream of, of, <laughs> of getting close to that. That big, <laughs> that big huge sound. Yeah. And, uh, so that was it for me. That was like the moment where I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to digest anything from 60 to 79, bring it on vinyls, <laughs> everything. And, it's it hasn't stopped since then <laughs> that is so great oh my gosh that's like the perfect era for rock you had so much going on 
But you also, oh yeah, you're also into some of the '80s stuff because I, I he, at least that's what it sounds like in the music. I can hear some some '80s sound, and I think I heard that you're a Hall and Oates fan, also. Yeah, I love Hall and Oates. The writing is great. Yes. If you really strip that down on a guitar, the writing is fabulous, and I I just try to take I think for this specific group of songs that I'm slowly releasing. I tried to take some of the best parts of every era that I love personally and and made it more of like a, without giving too much away, but I'm going to just say it the sixties and all the way through the nineties. That's very close to what my record's going to be called. Uh, oh, cool. Um, yeah. So, and that'll drop later this year, but yeah, I really wanted to play with that. I have a song that's coming out. I tried my best to to think of like, what if the Everly Brothers did a song today, but had Dave Grohl on the drums? How would that sound? You know, so Amazing. I tried to experiment with that. Well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> a lot of experimenting, but I love those beautiful. Uh, I guess what would you what would would be like considered the Everly Brothers genre? Oh, what would you call that? Doo-wop, doo-wop blues, or Ki- yeah, I mean, it's uh, I guess just early rock and roll because it was. It's not mm. really doo-wop because they're not doing the shoop doo kind of stuff. Yeah, they're just they've got that amazing blood harmony. But yeah, I I don't I, I think everything in fifties gets kind of lumped into doo-wop. But I know I don't think it's that's not that fair. It's, no, it's it's. Regardless, it's like the Santo and Johnny, and oh. the Everly Brothers, that type of stuff. I had a moment of just appreciating that era um, and tried to put my own spin on it, but with a little, a little bit heavier. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot wait to hear that. But your early stuff is a lot different than what you're doing right now. I want to find, okay, before we dive too deep into any of this, when did you start playing live and, and or in front of people and, and recording were you writing your own music at that time yeah i started when i was about 14 and i've been playing live ever since but i did start originally in a band and when i listen to that stuff now i was on the right path doing what was really true to me writing more, I guess you could say rock, alternative rock, heavier stuff. Okay. You know, I grew up on Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and I I guess there was a time the band broke up. Was this Robert Plant? To... No, no, this is a different band. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I should have kept that name, though. <laughs> that um, could be the name of the, your next album. I know, it's great, right? Robert's Plant. I, I love that. was so clever. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, I ended up you know, the band broke up and then I started a solo career and kind of just strayed off the path a little bit. Okay. I guess when you're, you know, a little bit younger, you're just saying yes and, and trying to, to make everybody happy. And you realize it took me up until the last few EPs that I've done that I should just be myself. Imagine that. <laughs> well, when you're when you're that young and early on in your career, yeah. you know you're listening to a lot of other people. You don't you know you don't know, so you're just taking taking advice I from know. people you trust. So, yeah, 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm much happier now. I feel like this past record, I've really taken some chances on stuff that I love and already started the next one. Oh, wow. So yeah, I don't, I haven't stopped because I just love it. And I feel like I'm finally writing the music I love so much. Oh, I can, is... I can do that. It's That's... wild to think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I saw, I did see a little bit of a thread throughout some of the videos that I saw of some thriller horror movie themes. Like, I right, so ran for my life. It said just, that's an insane zombie video. That's just crazy. That looks so amazing. Yeah. The, just the whole production value on that is incredible. a lot of fun that was like a good chunk of time where I was I guess you could consider me a pop artist and I changed over my name I did um I had signed with a New York label and got involved with an amazing director that was actually at uh that was shot at one of Frank Sinatra's old houses in 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 LA yeah wow pretty incredible I mean it was uh it was just kind of neat to be there and know that. Yeah. And at the time, here's another wild story. At the time, my current manager was co-managing me with this woman and she was Carol King's daughter. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We'll never forget my, my current manager. Now we go to her office and we look at each other and we're like, that's strange. There's, there's pictures of Carol King here. Wow. <laughs> and is that James Taylor? Okay. Big fan. Didn't I guess. Say anything. Yeah. And, uh, then we go into the other room and there's the Grammy and we're like, okay, what's, what's going on here? And wow. she's like, oh yeah, it's my mom. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And we fast forward, we did meet her. Oh wow. And what, what an incredible woman. Yeah. Just I can Im amazing. Oh, that is yeah. so awesome. Gosh. Not to stray off too much, but she wrote The Locomotion at 16. At six, I didn't realize it was that, it was that she was that young. I think it was that young. I think Good. it was that young. God. Yeah. I mean, she, I mean, she's one of the greatest songwriters America, North America, whatever, has ever produced. It's just. I know. So, so sweet too. Oh, that is so that, nice. That's good to hear. Hey, maybe I'll reach out. Maybe she'll come on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having some good she luck said, with just reaching out. Yeah. She said to me, she's like, I just love your song. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah. What do you say? I mean, yeah. Thanks. I like yours Thank too. Thank you for existing. <laughs> you got some good ones too. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful woman. <laughs> At what point did you decide to go back to your more of your rock roots? So I 
believe it or not, I was coming to a point where I just didn't feel inspired by music. This was about, I want to say three years ago. And I actually almost quit. Oh. Yeah, I almost quit because I just felt like I wasn't connecting to the sonics. I wasn't connecting to myself as an artist. I was feeling a bit burnt out and then decided to take some time off and went to school for a little bit. Oh, really? And Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one of my singles started to do well. We have no idea why. It was like afterwards. <laughs> and there was this organic growth um, that's still happening today. And my label calls me and they say, you know what? I think we're going to sign you on for another EP. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I should just go for it. They're like, we'll set you up with uh, a couple writing sessions in Vancouver. I was living in Toronto at the time. Okay. And they said, have you heard of this band, Mother Mother? And I was like, yeah, I love those. Those songs are amazing. And they're like, okay, we'll connect you with Ryan from Mother Mother. Wow. So... Yeah, this was uh, three years ago, and I'll never forget, I flew in, was a little bit, I think, in my shell, because I was kind of mourning the the loss of music already in a strange way. Okay. You know, because if, if it's not connected, and it's not true, and your heart's not open, and you're not 100% into it, I find I can't fake it. Yeah it's hard for people to. And, um, so we do this session. I was so nervous. I'm like, I just, I've taken some time off. I got some voice notes. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Right. And it was incredible. 15, wow. 20 minutes. The song was done. Funny enough. It was called find myself. Yeah, I know. Somebody writes it. Someone around writes these things. But I didn't sleep that night. And I just listened to this demo we kind of slapped together in a few hours. And I just could not sleep. And I was like, you know what? This is so clear. I need to keep going. So I did. And then a few months later, came back, wrote another record, same thing, 20 minutes. And I just felt like it really shifted my path in a massive way. And I was like, okay, I guess I can do rock. And I called my label. I'm like, okay, this is a little like heavier alternative leaning. How do you feel about it? And they were on board. They were excited. They were supportive. And they said, it'll take some time to shift you in this space, but we know that's you, Gwen. You always show up. I'm Dylan. My real name's Gwen, by the way. Um, and <laughs> Gwendolyn, that's where it comes from. And they're like, we always laugh because you're like showing up to our office in Pink Floyd shirts and Black Sabbath shirts. And they're like, it kind of makes sense. Kind of yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It's, so it's not an affect. I was lucky. 
no, yeah, I was lucky to have such a supportive label. And uh, here we are, released that EP. And now I'm in the process of, I signed again, did a full, now I'm doing a full album. That is and, so awesome. Uh, you don't yeah. often hear labels being that supportive. So that that's one of the, like one of the constants in this podcast is how not supportive they seem to be. So that, that's really great. Yeah, they have been there. They let me have complete creative control on all my music videos. So wow. I write and I guess design and conceptually come up with everything. And that's just from another thing about me. I grew up on Star Trek, like first generation. Oh yeah. You can kind of tell how old my dad is from that alone. <laughs> he was born in the fifties. Uh, I guess he had kids late, I guess. I don't know. Um, and cause everyone's like first generation. Like that is, that, that's some deep dives on the trekking is, side. Yeah. But man, you can't be Chatner. I don't care. Yeah. What, <laughs> I, know. I don't care what captain you have in any of the Star Trek universes. Nobody beats Shatner. I know. I'm such a Bones fan. I thought J.J. Yes. Uh, Abrams did such a good job oh. with Bones in the new one. Yeah. It's like, wow. Pretty pretty great casting. Yeah. I, I love the, the fact that he actually took the time to not just focus on Kirk, but on all the other characters and, and make sure they were a good fit as well. That, that, that yeah. impressed me. I thought he nailed bones yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. So you, okay. So you are a big sci-fi fan. So that, that explains some of the, the videos that I've seen, but there's been a lot of dead time over the past couple of years with the whole pandemic. What, what is, what sci-fi have you gotten into? What are you watching lately? Right now? I swear not too much. Like I was, I was so deep into the record this past year, but what I'm just trying to think sci-fi wise. I mean, I did rewatch. Do you remember Firefly? I remember and didn't watch it, but I, I know of it. I think, I think my it was daughter's one season. It. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's I don't know when it came out. It was a while ago, but that one's great. I love Stargate SG One. Oh the original wow! Series. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Shoot. So I'm always looking for, for good sci-fi. I love sci-fi too. There's one, uh, Altered Carbon. Did you watch the first season of no, that? No, no. See, the problem is my wife is not into sci-fi at all, so I kind of have to watch it when she's yeah. working or she's doing something else and I have a little bit of time to watch the stuff that she's not into. We, we have a lot of overlapping stuff, but sci-fi is not one of them, so... <laughs> That and Ozark. She did not get yeah, it. Yeah, sci-fi is Ozark is great. Oh, I love. It. I it's haven't. A great show. I haven't seen any of the fourth season yet, so I've got to. I got to get caught up on that. Yeah, it was. It was great. I love the coloring in that show. The way they shoot it. Oh yeah. It's 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 really great. Yeah, I mean, the day I find you know a significant other that will watch first generation Star <laughs> Trek with me. Yeah, that's, that's I don't know. Test. I don't know any '90s '90s 
<laughs> generation watching that, but it's okay. I'll watch it with my dad until then. Now there you go. As long yeah. as you have somebody to watch it with. Yeah. So when you changed the sound, that's when you decided to, to change the, the, your moniker then. To just kind of separate yourself yes. a little bit from, from the more dance type of music? Definitely. Definitely. I found it to be a good, clear change. I think I leaned on dance now looking back more of the EDM dance because I think a big influence in that scene was Skrillex. And if you listen to early dubstep, it does come from metal and it comes from rock. Like he was in a metal band prior to transitioning into more of EDM. So I was like, okay, I can get my heaviness from this. And if you look back on tour, I'm headbanging. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> it's like, couldn't be more on the nose in terms of should be in a band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Dylan, yeah, I went with Dylan because my name's Gwendolyn and I felt like that wasn't rock and roll enough. I kind of, I was named after my grandmother. Aww. So you know, awesome. Gwendolyn is, is, uh, it's, it's Welsh. I believe it means, um, fair face. I okay. think strangely. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like snow white face, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That may... Yeah. But it's okay. Welsh. That's... Yeah. Are you Welsh? Do you have a Welsh background? I do on my dad's side. They, we do have some family in Wales, which is kind of neat because it kind of, I'm like, okay, I'm one step closer to meeting Robert Plant. Maybe <laughs> we're related. <laughs> yeah, you got to go yeah. through that whole ancestry thing and ancestry.com yeah. or 23andMe or one of those. You should. Maybe, maybe they can sponsor this. Maybe, maybe we'll get you a, a, a free cool. kit. <laughs> or just, you know, if you end up talking to Jimmy Page, you can just pass my number along to Robert. That's I, totally cool. <laughs> I, I'll throw it to Charlie, his, his son-in-law. Like, yeah, hey, hey, Charlie, here's this awesome singer you've got to check out named Dylan. I think Robert would love her. Yeah, so. I'm waiting for that moment. Totally. <laughs> well, I, I went back and I, I tried to listen to everything. Because that's wow. one of the things I like to do in this. Right, so the first album is Sauvignon and a Kimono. Yep. All right. That's an interesting title. What's, what's behind that? It's just a fancy way of saying house coat and a nice glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of my, uh, my state of mind then while making that record. It was like waking up in the middle of the day you know, 2 p.m. going to the studio and just kind of living that much closer to the rock and roll lifestyle than I do now. I've kind of Jedi'd. I'm more of a Jedi now than I was then. So, yeah. So that was that was your Sowing Your Oats album. My pardon? Sowing Your Wild Oats album. Yeah, exactly. So. That was That was finding it. There's some like punk undertone there. Um, even even was, in some of the artwork, because like in the font, looks like a ransom note, like a Sex Pistols kind of thing. Totally. And I did smoke cigarettes then. Yeah. Not not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Can't can't handle them on tour. It's it's too oh. tough with this this new stuff. It's like a couple cigarettes and 
Uh, it's, it's not cute. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you're not going for a Mark Lanigan sound either. So, no. <laughs> that's you don't want deep and gravelly. No, no. <laughs> well, I like I like a few. I know I shouldn't promote this, but <laughs> once in a while, if it's a if it's a heavier song, I find it it does something special. Just one in the studio. I don't condone it as a habit, right. but it does add a bit of fur on the vocal in a cool way. It's a vocal effect. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like yeah. a distortion pedal. Well said. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's just, that's just my vocal distortion pedal. It's not a cigarette. Yeah. So there just are some... tor- turning up the distortion yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Overdrive. Yeah. So, so there's some really great stuff on that, like secret which is a very different point of view on the subject matter of cheating spouses. Yep. That sounds like it's personal. Pretty much verbatim the truth of yeah. what happened that day. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was a tough one, but I felt like, you know, it needed to be told. And I think, you know, I have a really good relationship with both my, I'm lucky that I have a great relationship with both my father and my mother. Yeah. And looking back, I felt like I needed to write it down because we don't often get the perspective of divorce from a child. No, oh, never. A child's perspective. And I thought it was important to write. And the bridge kind of explains like, if there's an unconditional love theme in the bridge, because I do, no matter what happens, I do have love for my parents. And that hasn't changed in real life. Yeah. But I also now looking back, I've never been married for, you know, an X amount of time. And it's got to be tough, not an excuse. I'm not making any excuses, but I've never walked the shoes of marriage for 25 plus years, however long it is. And now they're both happier. They're both. I should write a part two. They are both married and and super happy now so i went through it as a teenager myself so it, it i understand that the song you know it, I, I knew exactly where you were at that moment when you it wrote that song because i went through that same thing back when i was 16 wow. 17 years old so it was it was uh, exactly the same and it had i had those exact same feelings very weird time in my life <laughs> yeah super potent too 16 is such a an impressionable year. Yeah. Like when it comes to uh, dating connection and that's like sort of the beginning of, of discovering that world of love. So yeah. It one I yeah. Sorry, it, go ahead. Oh no, it, it messed me up for years. I got in I yeah. had some horrible relationships after immediately after that and but you know, found my wife. We've been married 20 years as of last October. So big, together, 21, married for 20. So 
It worked That's out. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, yeah, that is beautiful. But I understand like that the rush and surge of different emotions after that happens because yeah. it's, it's, it's like, uh, what is that saying? I think Kennedy said it like Camelot, you know, burning down essentially everything you know yeah especially and when it's like that when it comes out of the blue yeah that's how it, it was for me mm-hmm. it was pretty pretty drastic but yeah i think you learn from that and i certainly appreciate it because it taught me a lot about love in the best way you know and i think it taught them they're much happier yeah now yeah but I also wanted to ask you about Mimosa. That's a fun song on the album, but you also you did an acoustic version that just sounds like a completely different song. Why you so so serious? I see you. You gotta let go when life gets too serious. So serious. I'd rather swim in my mimosa. It, the whole yeah. vibe is completely different. It's it's a lot more somber as, a, mm-hmm. as an acoustic song. Well, it is. It is kind of a somber song. <laughs> it's about it's about dealing with anxiety in a very bad way, right? Yeah. It's a, it's kind of like patching up stress and anxiety and deep rooted problems with with a band aid that is so happens to be liquor or distraction or partying and um it's from the perspective of me telling a significant other you know i know you're stressed out let's just come over here to the cool side and we'll we'll have a few and live like it's our last day yeah but yeah so i thought it would be interesting to strip it down acoustically and 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 make it a bit more stripped down and sad Often my Success. stuff is quite sad, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's therapy. It's 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 a therapeutic way of expression. It helps. I mean, if you got to get it out somehow, whether it's through music or or some other creative outlet. You can't keep that stuff in. Yeah, you can't. I also really enjoyed Wolf, and then I saw you doing an acoustic version in somebody's bed. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. Which you also did Led Zeppelin and a Black Sabbath cover. Same I thing. did. That was great.
prepared to see when I, when I saw that pop up afterwards it's like oh oh click 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 I gotta I gotta hear that yeah I should do that on the road maybe oh, maybe do a Zeppelin cover that, yeah because it was uh, about it a whole lot of love and into paranoid which is just yes. so cool I love that do you have a process to your writing like uh, do you for example do you make yourself sit down and write every day or is it more organic um, it depends. Like it's not every single day. I don't try to force it out. Although I'll try to write a little something, whether it be a poem or a little idea, I try to stay diligent with that. It doesn't happen all the time, but usually it comes from the truth. It comes from something I'm experiencing in that, that period of time or something I'm reminiscing about, or sometimes I channel my friends experiences okay but it has to come from that place of truth okay. for sure your songs have definitely as we talked about before have a little harder edge and you've mentioned that you've been out on the road touring a lot your whole life here basically has it changed at all and and i'm not just not just the music and losing the background dancers and adding live drums and the venues, the audience, has has it changed much since you've kind of gone a heavier route? Yeah, I mean, it essentially was like starting from the ground up again because I, you know, you're you're completely shifting into a different genre. This is technically the first time I've been out playing my last EP and this one and, and testing the waters with my new sound. Wow. So... It has been a complete shift playing with a band, much more stripped down, not dancing anymore. I'm in combat boots. I'm not in, in six inch heels anymore. <laughs> and I got to tell you, it's a lot more freeing. It's a lot more open and I'm a lot more myself. I can imagine. I, I couldn't do anything in six inch heels. I couldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I think I could either. Oh, it's hard going the ankles. <laughs> <laughs> so find okay. So is find myself? Is that an an EP or an album that that came that was a collection of the the songs? Because I was finding all these songs individually, and then all of a sudden I, I found this playlist of Find Yourself. I'm like, oh, maybe is that the collection of everything, or was that an, an EP that was released? Yeah, so I had an EP called Naked Naked, and the way uh, a lot of people release music is it's like the 50s where they'll release a single every six to eight weeks. We're yeah. kind of reverting back to that, funny enough. Yeah. And that's probably why, because it's single releases, and then the EP comes out with a, a couple other songs. But yeah, it was oh, called okay. Naked Naked was the EP, and Find Myself was on there. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I was really blown away by that whole group of songs. All right, so there's Make It Naked, which is great, but I think I like, my I, I love Hellbound, yeah. but I think my two favorites are Call Me What You Want and Hurt, because Hurt has been stuck in my head for days now.
Yeah, that's the newest stuff. I'm so happy to hear you like Hurt and Hellbound. Those are the two new ones. I love Hurt. That's just been, like I said, it's been stuck in my head for days. The other track that really hit me was Liar. I like that a lot. It's got a good garbage, it's got a, you know, garbage feel to it, to me. Oh, that's awesome. But you know, the band garbage, not the adjective garbage. No, no, I got it. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a great reference. I'm gonna run with that one. Oh man, I'm, I'm telling you, if if that's kind of the style and the way you want to go, man, keep going that way because it is amazing. But you also have this beautiful ballad on there, "Only Us." That is such a gorgeous song. I love that so much. So is the new album, is that going to have like a mix of harder stuff and some ballady stuff in there too? Or are you just going to stick straight hard, hard rock? No, I think there's, they, everybody needs a, a slow one, a, a Beth by Kiss <laughs> or, a, you know, yeah. <laughs> I love to rock hard, but I, I think it's important to have little pauses in, in, a, in a record. I still think of it as a record because that's the way I envision when I make music, maybe people don't receive it that way, but you definitely need different sides because we're not, we're not cracking a Red Bull and rocking out like <laughs> level 11 every single time we get in the car. There's different moods too. Yeah. So you got to cater to all those sides, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've got a lot of different creative sides because you're also doing these really interesting remake trailers on your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. That is so neat. I, ne- I never would have thought of that. How how are you picking those? Are those your like your your favorite album? Your, I mean, your favorite movies? I just love a little bit of horror. I think it's it's fun. It's not supposed to be super serious. I think um, you know, Stranger Things type of stuff that pulls from new and old in a way. It reminds me of uh, ET. You know, remember E.T. and um, what else is that other one? And Goonies. That's oh. what Stranger Things reminds me of. Goonies and E.T. Yes. And I just thought it was a lot of fun. And that synth at the beginning of Find Myself kind of reminds me of that show. Yeah. 
it, it made sense to pull from that. I find some of the production in my stuff is a little bit on the dark side of things. So horror visuals of horror and um, darker things make sense with it. Okay. It matches it sonically. Um, like that one video I did, I did let you, and it was supposed to be uh, influenced by natural born killers. Yes. I, I can tell though. Ah, I love that video. First of all, the song is fantastic. It's such a great song. And I know it ain't safe, and I know it ain't sane. I know it is a dark and a twisted game. I know you're gonna light me up in flames, but I'll let you, I'll let you. has it, it, it definitely looks like an oliver stone thing going on there but i think i actually even i love the bonus stuff at the end i love hearing the tears for fears in the background and and you know, all the little behind the scenes fun stuff uh like the, the, the bullet going straight and uh i don't even know how to <laughs> describe that in a podcast just go go watch the video because am i going uh is it gonna make any sense unless you watch the video <laughs> But I can tell the film influences you because Hellbound has a little, sounds like it's got a little horror movie type of piano in it. And then you're the first time you break into the chorus, it's just that acoustic guitar and your voice. And it, it sounds a little creepy there, a little freaky. I feel the night like a dream going down with the twist. It's a bitch like a knife in the ribs, yeah, and I feel my life screaming out just like a siren, like a witch burning alive. I'm a fire, I'm alive. Just living in me, a little woo-woo-woo, so wicked of me. And I die by the I like, but it's, yeah. I guess maybe raw would be the better way to say that. Yeah. It's totally dry and, and stripped down. I think that first chorus was just super dry vocal, yeah. nothing else going on. Probably one of the first takes we did just to make it feel super stripped down and open. Yeah. That's that crossroads going back to Jimmy Page, selling your soul to rock and roll, you know? Yep. That's what I was kind of referring to in that song. Everybody does at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just love your connection with, with the classic rock. It's just so great. I'm, yeah. I'm so happy to hear it coming out in the music. I have, it's, <laughs> I don't even know how to segue into some of these. I heard a couple little bits of, I guess, I guess Dylan trivia. So I'm going to, I want to ask you about this. I did hear that at one point you were having a lot of fun on stage playing a show. I think maybe it was Germany and you came out and you played 
the same encore twice in the same show. <laughs> that is true. That is that awesome. Is true. That's that's such a Neil Young thing to do. You know, unfortunately, we just didn't have enough material because we didn't think that somebody was going to ask us to play again. So we just played it again. But you know what? They were open to it. So it was great. I don't know if you heard this story, but I want to tell you this because this this is one of the funniest things I've ever heard from a musical artist. When Neil Young was out touring for Tonight's the Night, and there's a bootleg of this, which I think I have. I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't promote that I've got bootlegs. I don't know. But anyway, he was playing in London and he played Tonight's the Night and they played, they come out, they play, he plays like six or seven songs afterwards. He comes out and he plays Tonight's the Night again in the middle of the set. And everybody thinks this is awesome. So they go out and they get called for an encore and Neil comes out and he goes, here's a song you've never heard before. And he plays Tonight's the Night for the third time in that set. <laughs> that is a rock star move. I, I love that. I love it. That's so Neil. I love it. And if you like Neil, I'm going to promote Buddy's podcast. There's a hilarious podcast called Long May You Young. And they go through every Neil Young album chronologically, and they're hilarious. It's, it, they're just funny, funny guys. So... When you're on the road, you're looking for yeah, stuff to please listen to. Email, email me that because I'd love to know. Long may, what is it? Long may you young. Long may you young. Yeah. It's okay, on, cool. It's on wherever you get podcasts. It'll be on there. So, so definitely check that out because yeah. it's freaking hilarious. I also read that you, did you take a fan to his prom at one point? I did. Well, I didn't go to prom with him, but I did show up at his place. Oh, shoot. I can't remember where it was. Was it Chicago? Oh. I, it's, been, it's been a minute. I, I'm not sure the city, but I did go to his prom. I dropped him off. He did have a date. And then I played two songs at his prom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a beautiful time. He was so grateful. I actually still keep in touch with him. He went to go pursue his dream and he's in film now in LA. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we stay in touch every now and again. And uh, yeah, he's, yeah, that was such a beautiful time. And he was completely shocked. The news came too, which was funny. <laughs> They're like following us on in there in his driveway and he was just stunned. Oh man, that is so yeah. great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So how far along are you on the new album? Is it ready to go? Because you said you're already working on your next one after this. Yeah, it's it's just getting mastered right now. We, we're done mixing as of this week. And then I just have to approve masters, which I haven't yet. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not... I'm actually visiting my family right now in Toronto. Oh, okay. Uh, and so I need the right system to sign off on mastering. I just have my headphones and I, I can't rely on that. It's the final yeah. step. So I can't, I can't, I can't ring like, just like not go the full amount because I've done lots of mix passes, was there every step of the way, wow. record live drums. So yeah, it's got to be right. It's my first album. So is so, the band that played on it, is it the same band that you're touring with? Are you guys, is that, you're keeping that group together or is it new people? 
No. So they will be the band, the live band. They weren't the bassist. And I wrote a bunch of songs. He is, is actually a producer. Okay. So I worked with him on a bunch of the records or the, uh, the songs and then a bunch with Ryan from mother, mother. Okay. But I think this next one, I'd like to get them playing a little bit, like actually cutting the guitars and, and cutting the drums. Cause uh, I'm really close with the band. They're, incredible musicians and this is the first time we've been on tour together and it was just the cohesion off and on stage yeah i'm very lucky to have such great musicians around me that is awesome because they you guys sounded so tight you did the zeppelin thing you were tight but loose yeah thank you it really was such a great show and i know my maggie's back i don't know you have questions maggie Oh my God. Okay. Maggie's got questions here. Okay. All right. I mean, I hope I can answer them. (laughs) All right. Can you hear okay, Maggie? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if he's already asked you about this, but my questions pertain specifically to the concert that I saw with you opening for Mother Mother. I was wondering, what is it like to be on tour with another band to open for them? It's so much fun. I mean, we know each other. My band knows his band quite well. So it's like a big, happy family, super supportive. It was a bit different with COVID restrictions. Like we couldn't go on each other's buses and we wore masks because oh. we did actually catch it week two. We had to stop for a while and then we came back on. Oh, but wow. but it's like all Canadian Like both bands are from Canada. We all live in the same city. So it was just like, it was like going on tour with your older brother in the sense of we would play a show, sit and watch them, know all the songs, know each other and be like, okay, this is how you get tips from the pros, right? the real pros. And they are such a tight band. So experienced. It it was like going to school. It's like going to school at the school of rock. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Kind of like a learning experience as well. It's just a fun time. Definitely. I only had one more question, but uh, did you know the members of the band very well before going on tour? Did it kind of, did going on tour together kind of solidify that friendship? Actually, I met the band about three years ago. So I ended up doing a writing session with Ryan three years ago. We wrote a song in 15, 20 minutes and he ended up producing half of my record that I just finished. So I've known him for a long time Cool. and I know his sister and jazz and Allie and Mike quite well, just from doing my record. And we've done a lot of creative collaboration together everybody's amazing in that band when i tell you they are so nice such good hearts i'm serious they're incredible Mm -hmm. they seem so nice on stage they really have such a nice presence yeah and it's and it's real it's they're grateful every night i remember them saying like wow we're just so lucky to be here after they get off stage too they're the real deal yeah that is so cool Uh, That's Mm -hmm. all the questions I had. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was so nice meeting you. It was really (laughs) nice to meet you, too. I'm going to go again now. Let him take the reins back. But (laughs) (laughs) have a great night. You're you're good at this, by the way. Like father, like daughter. You should should do it more often. (laughs) I should. I should. 
Hey, come up with your own podcast, kid. Okay. <laughs> she's she's awesome. She's my drum major. Oh wow! She, so awesome. she's the youngest. So I have uh, so Maggie plays the French horn and the uh, mellophone when it's marching band. She's also the drum major. One of two drum majors this year, and you'll be the main drum major this coming year, your senior year. And she plays cymbals. She wants me to let you know she's playing cymbals in indoor percussion. That's amazing. Okay, and okay, go scram. <laughs> so my son is in the middle. He plays the tuba, and for marching band, he plays the sousaphone. And then my oldest, so Maggie's a junior. My son Mark is a senior. My oldest is a freshman in college, and she plays the trumpet. Had all kinds of brass wow, going so on. Everybody's musical. Yeah, except me. I don't know how to do anything. I I, I make noise on a guitar because that's that's all I can do. I just sit up there and I just turn it up and make all kinds of noise and feedback. And it sounds like a Sonic Youth album when I start playing. <laughs> Sonic Youth, what a reference! <laughs> I mean, they're pretty cool. They, they made some pretty big waves. They did. They did. So I'm. Yeah. I just I'm I'm the real noisy. I'm like a Sonic Youth demo. How's that? Maybe that's better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they said about Kurt. Oh, well, then, They're okay. Like, what is this? <laughs> okay, it's going to change a whole generation. Cool, cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, is there anything that you're listening to that would surprise anybody by listening, by hearing what you're coming out with now? Anything in your record collection that I did see in a bunch of the videos, you, you wear some pretty awesome shirts. You've got a Robert Plant shirt. I've seen Metallica, Queen of the Stone Age, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Pink Floyd. Is there anything that's a little different that I might not expect? Mahavishnu Orchestra, maybe? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more, I think I've leaned on blues a lot recently. Yeah. 50s blues. I'm getting into more heavier stuff lately. I've been listening to Tool. Uh, you know what's funny? You mentioned that on the album on uh, Sauvignon. I saw "Sober" and I was like, I wonder if that's a Tool song, but it wasn't. No, no. <laughs> I'm just I'm just opening my world to Deftones and Tool. I'm kind of getting into a bit of a heavier space. I am liking a lot of metal stuff. Not so much the writing, but I like the guitar tones and just how. They can make two, two guitars sound massive yeah. and drums sound massive. I'm kind of reverting back to maybe less is more so I can get that heavier, heavier sound going. I'm kind of giving away where I'm going with stuff, but <laughs> I think that's great. And then, yeah, Black Sabbath is still one of my favorites. I still go back to those records and I'm like, it's just, it's heavy. It's cool. The tones are great. What else would surprise you? I'm just trying to think. I do like listening to ASAP Rocky, Kanye West, Frank Ocean. I find Frank Ocean, the way he mixed Channel Orange. I don't know if you've listened to that record. I have not. It is probably one of my top 10 ever made. I think wow. it's the songwriting, the production, uh, the way it's mixed. When it came out, I think Berkeley did a uh, a course on it. Oh wow! It really, yeah. And Kanye West, uh, a couple of his records, 
in my opinion, he's done some of the best rock records I've heard in about <laughs> in some time. I like later Kanye. I like that one song, Black Skinhead, is it's like got Marilyn Manson drums. It's super heavy and the mix is phenomenal. Listen to that. And I will. it's, I don't know when that came out, but to this day, he's just so ahead of the, ahead of the art. I love his more experimental leaning with, you know, kind of mixing up all genres and, yeah. and the mixes, the mix. It's Mike Dean who mixes it. And I'm just like, how, how does he, I just want to see what he's doing, you yeah. know? Uh, getting inside uh, that guy's brain. You know? Yeah. I feel like I could just, just throw bands back and forth at each other for a while. And it's, oh yeah. <laughs> you do a podcast <laughs> just that. Cause if, if you like Deftones and Tool, have you checked out the band Failure? No, but I'm going to write that down. Failure is amazing. Failure. Yeah, Failure is okay. amazing. I'm going to write that down. They're a three-piece, and I've had two of the guys on the podcast. This has been a blast. I, I mean, I've kept you for, oh, God, I don't even know how long, for over, well over an hour at this point. Thank you so much for, for your kindness and your generosity, and I really do appreciate it. It's, this has been so much fun. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure, you know, talking about bands. It's nice to riff on on some of the best music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and definitely shoot me suggestions of people you think I would like, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know much of Mother Mother when I went to go mm -hmm. see the band. I got there and the show started and we saw you and blew me away. It was, I was like, all right, well, now I'm going to take my photos and I'll just kind of stand back and listen to it and watch how much fun my daughter's having. And then they started and the show was incredible. They literally won me over. I yeah. loved the music. It was amazing. Such this, a tight band, right? Yeah. The stage presence. Whoever, I don't remember the, the gentleman's name on bass, but that guy was amazing. And he's sitting there doing all the, yeah. the rock moves. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. God. And so tight. He's got such a nice groove. Yes. Such a nice groove. Yeah. And Ryan's, his biggest secret weapon is he's an unbelievable guitar player. Yes. Like, such a tight guitar player his riffs are amazing it's like i'm like you should be shredding up there <laughs> i know I, that's one thing i did notice was how how fantastic of a guitar player he was i don't, i was not expecting that jumping mm -hmm. in the water in canada i'm <laughs> telling you well, where can people follow your music how can they follow you on social media how can they be notified when the new album comes out the best place to follow me is at call me Dylan and it's Dylan D Y L Y N two Y's. And you can follow me on Instagram and it's the same handle on TikTok. That's mainly where I post most of my news. Oh, awesome. Again, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. I really have enjoyed it. And I'm so glad I got the opportunity to speak with you and go back and listen to all the music because it's just kicks ass. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Oh, pleasure it's was really all mine. It was a great time. <laughs> <laughs>